Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's Flames Nation Radio. I'm Ryan Pike, joined as always by Shane Stevenson. And this is a special edition of Flames Nation Radio delivered by DoorDash and by the fine folks at Eau Claire Distillery, the makers of Rupert's Whiskey, Gives you the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames. Uh, it's draft season, folks. We're in the we're three weeks away from the 2022 National Hockey League entry draft as we record this. And we figured since it's draft season, we might as well uh, bring in uh, daily faceoffs prospects and draft expert Chris Peters. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing well, Ryan. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, pleasure to join you guys. Pleasure to be talking about the draft, even though. Man, the Flames just don't have a ton of draft picks, do they? But you know what? It's still every year, you know, you, these guys, it's still worth learning about because you never know when they're going to be traded or when they're going to be available as free agency. So following these guys now, you really get to see their whole kind of track. And that's one of the fun things about what I get to do is, is I get to, uh, to, to watch these guys begin their NHL journeys and, uh, and just follow them the rest of the way. So it's a lot of fun on that front, but yeah, it, it'll, it'll be a fun year for sure. Well, so, uh- as you mentioned, the, the Calgary Flames have three draft picks in this year's draft. They have they had a bunch, they had more picks, and then they traded a bunch in the way. Uh, they traded uh, their first round pick for two more years of Tyler Toffoli. They traded one of their thirds for Nikita Zadorov. They traded a, another third for uh, I believe that was Dan Vladar. They traded. They I think at this point now, and Shane, jump in if I'm missing a pick. They have a fifth, a second, and a seventh. They have three picks. They have three picks. So uh, I, I imagine Brad does what Brad usually does and finds a way to find more, but uh, he, he can't move from like 20 to 23 and gain a third round pick this year. <laughs> he, he'd be picking up six or, or fifths of scraps here and moving down two or three picks. So Chris, we've been, we've been fortunate enough in, in the Calgary market to be in playoff, a playoff bubble for lack of a better term uh, for much of the season. In, in years when the team is not particularly good, we are much more aware of how good or bad the draft class is, but we apologize. We've been watching a lot of hockey that's been meaningful, thankfully. And, <laughs> you know, outside of seeing, you know, a, a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of the Seattle uh, Thunderbirds WHL playoff run and, you know, some OHL games here and there, we haven't watched a lot of this year's draft class. So what can you tell us about, I guess, the nature of talent at this year's draft? Yeah, I mean, I think in a very general sense, you know, the top of the draft is, as you may have heard, is is below average, you know, compared to what we've had in the last few years. You know, Shane Wright, um, while is largely number one for most people, you know, there's been a lot more doubt raised over him, which, you know, is usually 
it, it can be a good thing. It can be a good thing in a draft, but this year, I think it's just kind of that, you know, nobody really sees the number one pick from him. So he didn't really play like a number one. Nobody else really did either. Um, you know, I had Logan Cooley, number one on my board at the end. Um, I know like my friend Corey Priman at the athletic had your Slavkovsky and all that, you know, there, there've been a lot of different opinions. So that means that the, the very top of the draft is, is not amazing. I think once you get kind of past that and in the first to late first, it's, it's more of an even average draft. And then, you know, it doesn't, it, to me, there are a lot fewer players in this draft than a normal year where I, you know, I feel super strongly or passionate about players beyond the first round you know i think there's a lot of guys where it's like i like this player you know but something wrong here or there something i don't love here or there um that causes me to to have pause and you know so it's it's just it's a weird year i think in a lot of fronts we're still dealing with the the effects of covid with you know a lost season the ohl last year a shortened season the whl disrupted seasons throughout uh you know and and not having players that just haven't been on the normal development track um, which you have to take into account with this class. So that's part of the challenge that I think exists in this current year and why I think that a lot of us are like, you know, it's the class is okay. It's not amazing. It's not, you know, it's, 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 it's probably average, not too far be, you know, below in some aspects and j- just your average draft and a lot of other aspects. If, if you were uh, an NHL general manager and you had to pick uh, a draft to only have three picks in, is this the worst draft in the world to have fewer in compared? Because I know we've been, you know, Shane and I have been talking about, you know, we've been hearing, you know, Connor Bedard for years. We've been hearing about a lot of good Western League players in the 23 class. Is this the kind of year where, where if fans are a little bit down on, say, the Flames only having three picks, is this the kind of year you're going, yeah, but they, they still have a lot of picks next year? Yeah, you know, I, I think my initial thought as you were as you were asking the question, my initial thought was like, yeah, you know, it's not bad, you know, but I think in general, you want to have as many bullets as you can, you know, to, or as many darts to throw at the dartboard, if you will. Um, And I think that that any year you can hit on somebody. I mean, there's a good chance and I wouldn't say a good chance, but there's a chance that whoever they pick with their second round pick is, you know, a top prospect for them in a few, few years down the road. We just don't know. There's so many unknowns about this class and there's not a lot of consensus either. So you don't know exactly who's going to be there. So there could be somebody that's, you know, in the top, 30 on my board or top 35 on my board that's still there at 59 you know so like that's the that's the thing that you kind of wonder about with uh with these draft classes as they are but um you know i i think in general though like you know there aren't as many guys where you say oh we missed our shot at him or we missed our shot at that guy um there's a lot of good whl players this year there are going to be quite a few next year as well um and you of course you mentioned it starts with Connor bedard and i think every team wants to have their first round pick next year. So in case things really go south, just lean right into that. Just lean into the bad and get Connor Bedard. You know, there's, there's talk already that the Boston Bruins with all of their injuries might as well just go into tank mode, get Connor Bedard and, you know, call it good. But, you know, there's no guarantee to getting the number one overall pick, even if you have the worst record. But I think there are going to be a lot of teams that explore that option uh, this season because Connor Bedard is that player for a lot of people um is he Connor McDavid level no but he is an exceptional player and certainly a lot better than anything that we have in this class wouldn't uh, wouldn't hurt to get second though next year don't you think <laughs> well true yeah, yeah true you know like it, you know that's the interesting thing is you've got you've got a number of players at the top of next year's draft that are legit talents you've got you know Bedard you've got Matt Vay Mitchkov who might be one of the most offensively 
gifted players and, and smartest offensive players I've ever seen in my life. Um, and then you've also got, you know, other guys like Adam Fantilli, Charlie Stramel, um, you know, a number of, of European players that have really stepped out in the last year here that are going to be really good. Um, you know, so there's a lot to look forward to in next year's draft. It's just, you know, you never really can bank on where you're going to pick a year out because we just don't know how the season's going to go. We don't know, you know, obviously a team like the flames, there are so many off season questions that have to be answered before they can really even think about, you know, next season alone. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting, but yeah, but next year is the year. If you're going to have, if you're going to be bad next year is the year to be bad. It, it's not enough to tank. You have to tank in the right year too. And this was not the right year to tank. So, so that's next year, obviously this year, uh, if we focus back on that, like you said, Calgary's late second round pick is their first pick right now. Chris, who do you see possibly going down there and being available a couple names or something that maybe fans could look up ahead of time and, and, and look up and maybe get excited about. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, it's always tough. It's tough to say because once you get outside of that first 20 to 25 picks, you lose any sense of consensus. Um, And so it's hard to predict who's going to be there. So I'll just give you a couple of names that were on my board in that range doesn't necessarily mean that they'll be there, but there's some names to at least consider, um, you know, at, at like 58 on my board, I have Julian Lutz, who is a, a talented, big scoring winger from Germany. Um, didn't play in a ton of games this year, but he, ha- he looks the part like, it's like, you know, get this guy some development, give him some time to build strength. He played um, in the German pro league this year and then looked pretty good at the under 18 worlds. I thought I wanted a little bit more from him although Germany really struggled, but he, he was a guy that I thought was very interesting there. Um, another guy that I like in that range, Devin Kaplan, who I have at 59th on my board, he's at the U S national team development program. There are games where you watch him and you say the skill level that he has, the plays that he can make looks like a first round talent to me. He just doesn't do it consistently enough yet. And I think there's some issues, you know, there's some thought, maybe it's a hockey sense thing. Maybe it's just, you know, effort level. Can we get him to be a little bit consistent, more consistent this way or that way? Um, and, and that's an interesting guy. Again, it's, we're talking, both of those are big wingers, guys that, that have size that can make plays. I mean, the thing about, um, you know, both of them is they very well could be gone by then. They're, they're a little lower on my board. Cause I have some, some thoughts about, you know, their, their overall upside. Um, but you know, I, I think those are interesting guys to kind of look at, you know, you start to wonder, is there a guy like a Ty Nelson, who's a bit undersized defenseman, but very offensively gifted playing in North Bay, a former number one overall pick in the OHL. I think that his draft stock kind of dropped a bit this year. He put up really good numbers, but there are a lot of defensive deficiencies in his game. There are things that he's going to need to clean up, but you say, okay, well, I really like those tools. Um, another defenseman to kind of keep an eye on Elias Salamonson, who is came into the year considered as a first round caliber guy. The offense hasn't been there. He's much more you know, defensive, but he's got good size and mobility. And so you say, okay, well, there's some upside. Is it likely he's there that late? No. I mean, I have him kind of low on my board, 66 on my own, on my own rankings. Um, and so that's where, you say, okay, well, is that, is that a guy that we could realistically get in that range? It's tough to say, Um, but it's going to be tough to say for all these. I mean, you know, I have guys that I'm lower on than NHL teams. It just takes one team to change the entire structure of a draft board um, in terms of who's available. 
Um, you know, if, if you're like pie in the sky and really hopeful, you know, maybe you get a Miko Matika who is a bigger player, doesn't have great foot speed, you know, a guy like that, you're, you're looking at players that have some flaws, right? You're looking at guys that they're not, they're obviously not going to be perfect players. Um, but he's, he's an interesting one. Maverick Lamaru, super big, not a lot of offense, needs some work on the hockey sense, but he's a six foot seven ish defenseman. Um, and, you know, has really good mobility at that size. So you're saying, okay, well, is that guys like that tend to go a little bit higher regardless of, of what happens just because of the size profile, but those are, that's just a handful of names. So, I mean, and, and the good thing is on daily face off, the rankings are free. So you can go check it out. You can look at the names. I would say, look at the names from no joke, 35 all the way down to 70. Cause that's where that's, you're probably going to get somebody in that range. But you you know it's really tough to say. That's kind of where I'm at with that's how that's how big the the gaps can be in this draft of of and why I think there's still talent to be mined in that in that range. The thing I'm I always find super interesting in drafts where the the teams don't have a lot of bullets, as you said, or a lot of darts. You know the the Flames have tended to go you know for for ceiling and for you know areas where they feel comfortable in recent years they have you know if you look at the you know their their assistant heads of amateur scouting are their former WHL and OHL area scouts they tend to do a lot of business in Sweden they haven't had the kind of success i think with some of their swedish picks in recent years but you know i think it's sort of a comfort zone for them uh in the western league i know they you know I, we mentioned that you know watching a lot of t-birds hockey recently uh, a couple Camelos blazers players are on your list sort of in the, in the, the vicinity of where the Flames pick uh, Matt Lindgren and uh, Fraser Minton. Uh, what, what are those two players like? Cause I know I can, you know, the, the Flames have, you know, they went to the Blazers with Connor Zary in 2020. Uh, they have long ties to the area through Jerome McGinley. And, you know, it's, it seems, you know, if you're talking about flamesy picks two one of the two Blazers feels kind of flamesy to me. Yeah, I, th- I, I think they both do, really, because you look at so Minton really came on strong, I think, in the playoffs. That was really where, you know, I started to see more of the tools that, that make sense to me for him to be, um, you know, an impact guy. I think his skating is only OK. You know, that's probably one of the, the areas where he needs to improve. He has a really good shot. You know, the he, he has a good nose for the net and, and he gets to the middle. And I think. You know, you need guys that have that kind of hard nose. I'll get inside. I'll get inside pressure. I'll, you know, there are there are plenty of guys in this draft where you see them start floating to the perimeter, and you're like, that's not going to fly. And that's certainly not going to fly for a team like the Flames. Like that's just not that's not a guy that they're going to get. Um, as far as Lindgren goes, you know, I think he moves pucks really effectively. Um, you know, I think he's also the fact that he's really young. Um, is, you know, he's young for the class and August birthday. Um, but he played big minutes for a team that went on a deep run and he was relied upon and he has good footwork. Um, he defends well, you know, so certainly that's a guy where you say, Oh yeah, I could definitely see either one of those guys. And, and I think there's a good chance that either one of them are there too. So uh, yeah. So I, I think those are good guys to call out for sure. And uh, I think Shane and I both have a U.S. national development player. We're kind of curious about guys that might fall. Uh, Shane, you go with yours first. A really small defenseman, but he put up tons of points. Uh, but he, but again, five foot eight, 
Lane Hudson, uh, really offensively gifted, not something unlike Jeremy Poirier, who the Flames took a few years ago. Um, when you only have one pick in the top 100, you really kind of want to make it hit. And uh, if, if, uh, I'm a big uh, component of, uh, of not only just watching, but using uh, statisticals. And he grades out fantastically. I just wanted to know if uh, my personal, what your thoughts on uh, Lane Hudson were. Well, Lane Hudson is one of my personal favorites in this draft class like full stop I've said it all year long um the thing that I like about Lane is that despite the size he is a competitive SOB I mean he he does not quit on a single play does not quit on a puck no joke I I keep saying this and people you know they can't believe that a that a small defenseman would have this capability but I think Lane Hudson has the best defensive stick in the draft I think he's I think he's his stick checking how he places his stick, his anticipation, the way that he closes on opposing forwards, he uses what's available to him. And that's not his size. It's his intelligence. It's his skating. And it's that stick. And he really does a good job of getting in the way um, defensively. I think he is a true two-way defenseman. Now, is he going to win the board battles? Is he going to win the battles in the net front? No. But is he going to be able to get pucks out of the zone? Is he going to get be able to get pucks up the ice? Is he going to be a factor and a threat in the offensive zone? Yes to all of those things. He's got incredible footwork. Um, you know, I have him as a first round talent. I know that there are going to be teams that are that that he is not even on their board. He is they are not even going to consider him. And that is where you start seeing. Okay, you know, I have him as a first round pick. I think that I'm very much in the minority in terms of what the scouting community is going to say. Um, so. He has home run potential in the second round. If you're the team that gets him, I don't think he's going to last long enough to be there, quite frankly, because I think enough teams like him, they just don't like him as a first rounder. And like I said, there are some teams that will just say no way. Um, but, you know, you look at, he, he's, there's a chance, you know, he's, he's seen an endocrinologist to say, hey, what, you know, like developmentally, if you even just look at Lane Hudson, you say that is a, that is a small child. That is, that is not a, that is not a, an elite hockey player you know who it reminds me of physically <laughs> maybe a guy that uh, we're all maybe a guy about. that play, you guys are pretty familiar with like <laughs> legitimately i mean how many stories have you heard about johnny gaudreau where they thought he was the stick boy for whatever junior team he was going to be playing i'll, for? You I'll, know, t- like I'll tell you what i'll tell you what it is uh, it is draft year uh gaudreau got, got picked and you know people on message boards are like USHL, what the hell is that? And then he, he came to development camp and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Alex Ruiz, uh, who at the time for, for Flames TV was uh, doing doing uh, reporting. And so they did a stand up with Gaudreau and, uh, you know, the, the the person holding the microphone literally towered over Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah. And now yeah. here we are. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like that's so, you know, the other thing is, too, is that like Lane, has been told by this endocrinologist that he has, you know, more room to grow, that he will, he will continue to grow. And if he's five, you know, like the thing is, is if he's five foot 10, we're not having this conversation because they you know then he'd be dent, you know, Denton Matejchuk is not much bigger at that point. And he's a guy that a lot of people would say, Hey, that's a top 20 pick. Um, you know, so that's kind of, that's kind of where, you, you start saying, okay, well, as size, size matters for a defenseman way more than it matters for a forward. They're going to be out there more. They're going to be playing against the various, their, their matchups matter. It just does. It simply does. Um, but, you know, I think like, I think his best case, I think Lane Hudson's best. Mother's Day is around the corner. 
Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Best case scenario is that he's a Quinn Hughes style defenseman where it's more on angles and um, getting under players and beating them to pucks and retrieving with skill and making sure that you know, you're retrieving and becoming very dangerous with the puck right away, which is something I think Quinn does exceptionally well. Um, so that's, and, and really, I mean, you look at Lane Hudson's numbers and they're very comparable or, or better than, um, than Quinn Hughes. And, you know, the other thing too is, uh, you know, I don't use plus minus in scouting, but I, I wanted to share this because uh, Pete Krupski, who does the, the broadcasting for the NTDP, sent me a question for my podcast about Lane and dropped the note that he was a plus 82 in his career at the NTDP. And that's a team where in the first year, they lose a lot of games to the USHL teams. Um, they're, they're overmatched physically in a lot of those games. And then there's, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the next year you're playing against colleges. And I'm telling you what, this guy makes so many darn plays that, you know, I just, I can't help, but root for him. Like, you know, you try, you try to be as unbiased as you possibly can. And I know the probability of him making the NHL and, and being an effective player at his size is low. I just think he's going to do it. You know, that's just, that's just my opinion. Your description of him uh, and how he uses a stick reminds me tons of uh, Ryan Ellis. So, like, for sure, size-wise too. If he even if he said he gets that extra couple inches, then that that just your description of smart with the stick and just smart with the placement of the pucks. Uh, that, that's that's just what it. I like to quit news one too, but that really yeah. just made me think of Ryan Ellis. For sure, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, I, I, yeah, I think that. You know, Quinn Hughes is certainly the easy comp because he's, you know, NTDP guy and small and all that other stuff and a lot of doubts about him. But, you know, I'd say that he's at this point a better defender than Quinn was at that time. So, uh, you know, that's pretty, pretty solid. Right. Another, another uh, U.S. national development kid, Cruz Lucius, who I know he missed some time. The name blasting probably sounds familiar to some, some draft honks because, you know, he has a brother who got drafted uh, fairly recently. Uh, What's, what's the deal with Cruz Lucius and, could there be value for, for the Flames potentially with him in the second round? Absolutely. Um, certainly could be there. Um, I think that he, you know, having missed as much time as he did, I only got to see him live really at the 
world under 18s this year. And he played well there. He actually, I thought he, it was a great last impression. He played, you know, he was strong on pucks. He showed skill, really great release. Um, you know, he's not as dynamic as his older brother is. Um, and so it's always tough when those, those poor guys that come in with have the older brother that goes in the first round, everybody's comparing them. Um, I think he's thicker than, than, uh, than his brother though. Like he's got a little bit more strength on puck. Um, you know, he's, he's got a little bit more strength in general and that matters. And so I think that he's a guy that certainly, you know, it's at least possible that he's going to be there at 59. Um, and, and a guy that, you know, I think would be an effective pick in that range as well. Um, you know, as far as, you know, where, where, where I have them, you know, I have them pretty much really near that range at 65th on my board. And, um, he is, you know, I think he has a chance to really excel. I, I think if he was, if he was healthy for most of the year, and if I got more looks at him, um, I think I'd feel a little bit more confident where I have him. Um, and, and he might've been a little bit higher, but I mean, certainly that's a guy there where there's upside and you know, you might, he might slip just because there wasn't that big of a book on him or as big of a book on him this year as there could have been. All right. Let's uh, we got the preamble out of the way. Flames fans, second rounders been there, done that. The flames for some reason have just hit on these sixth and seventh rounders. Uh, Matthew rounders Phillips, Rory Karens, Jack Beck, Andrew Manchipani, uh, Dustin Wolf, the reigning American Hockey League goaltender of the year. Uh, I don't know how they do it. They just have a lot of really good, big trust in their area scouts. Uh, the Flames have a fifth rounder this year at, I believe, at 155, and a seventh rounder currently at 219. So who do you like? You know, we won't, we won't put you on the spot with which players should the Flames take at 219, because goodness knows – I don't think the Flames know who they want to take at 219, but uh, are, are there any, any players you think for, for one reason or another might be, you know, candidates to to fall a bit on draft weekend and are some players that the Flames could potentially go, ooh, smallish goalie, why not? Or, yeah. ooh, hasn't played a lot this year but has a, has a high ceiling, why not? Because that seems to be their, their MO the last few years, smallish offensive guys and guys coming off of weird injuries – who end up just exploding offensively the next season. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so tough to say, but every year I do like draft sleepers. Um, and my piece on the draft was just came out, um, uh, on the sleepers earlier this week. And, um, the guys that I have in there, like, so let's go, right. Let's start with the undersized goalie right away. Cause there's Hugo Havilland, the five foot 10 goalie from Sweden who won the gold medal at the world under 18s. Um, absolutely stoned USA in that game. And just, you know, he, he was, they don't win the, the gold medal without him playing as well as he did, but he's a five foot 10 goalie. And most teams aren't going to touch a player unless they're six foot two or taller, you know, Dustin Wolf, very, very, almost, you know, very close to not getting drafted at all. Um, luckily for him. And luckily now for the flames, he's shown a, a great, uh, a great ability um, so far in both junior and now extending that into pro. So he continues to prove anybody that doubted him for his size. Um, you look at UC Saros, obviously he's the unicorn of the under six foot goaltender, the five foot 10 goalie. I don't think Havlet is of that quality, you know, and Saros actually went in the fourth round, which, you know, at his size is kind of a minor miracle. Um, I think Havlet's one of those guys that could absolutely be there late. Um, I just think that there's, there's, there's a lot to like in terms of what he's able, what able, what he's able to do. Um, if there's a guy that I would say that is kind of in the mold of players that that the Flames have targeted over the years, um, I, I think it would make sense to, to also look at overage players or guys that are second or third year eligible players. 
Um, you know, one guy that I think kind of is in the mold that, you know, he could probably play in a lot of different spots in your lineup is a guy named Connor Kurth, who played for the Dubuque Fighting Saints this year. Um, decent, you know, he's, he's, he's not a big guy uh, physically, but he's very strong. He's hot, uh, strong on the pucks. He's got a really good shot. He's going to the University of Minnesota. So it's a guy that not only these later round picks, you draft those guys. And if you draft them out of Europe or the NCAA, you get a little bit of a longer runway um, in terms of the, their, how long you have their rights. So you don't have to make the decisions as quickly. Um, and so you're seeing a lot more teams use later picks on college bounder European players because that gives them a little more time to work with that player and they don't have to sign that player for some time. Um, and so that gives you flexibility within your yearly 50 contracts that you can sign um, as well. So that's why guys like Kurth, who had a really impressive season in the, in the USHL this year at 81 points in 62 games, you know, this is a, a pretty good player who I thought should have been drafted last year. I liked him then. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't love him. I didn't have him like as a, as a super high pick or anything. He was one of those guys. I was like, if the team gets him late, they're gonna get some good value. Now he's got a year of, of excellent production. So that's another guy, you know, that's the kind of guys you're looking at there. Um, you know, some of the other players, uh, there's like Cole Knubel um, from Fargo, the Fargo Force in the USHL, another college bound guy. He's going to play another year of junior before he moves on to college. Um, he's committed to go to the University of Notre Dame. He is Mike Knubel's son. Um, Mike Knubel was a massive forward. Cole Knubel is not massive at this point in time. Maybe he'll grow. But Mike played at like 6'3", 215 or whatever. And Cole is, I believe, 5'10". So, you know, like it's just it's interesting how uh, genetics work sometimes. Uh, but he did have 49 points in 62 games this year. In his first year in the USHL, he went from AAA hockey to the USHL, which is a significant jump. He managed it extremely well. I think that there's a lot of upside in Cole Knubel, especially given that he's got time to go. Um you know, some of, some of the other guys and you say, okay, well, why not take a shot on a, on a, on a smaller guy, Zam plant who played for he's Derek plant son uh, who played for the Buffalo Sabres um, played primarily in high school this year, but also played for the Chicago steel and is expected to play for the steel for the rest of the year. And, and Ryan, I see you you kind of tilted your head there. The Chicago steel, they've been really, they've been the USHL's factory of NHL draft picks and, and of top quality players, you know, we're talking about Owen Power, Brendan Brisson, um, you know, just a number of other uh, Matthew Coronado, excuse me, where did I not lead with that? Bury the lead, Chris. Um, you know, so you got Matthew Coronado. So, you know, but Plant is expected to play there for most of next season. Um, I think he's the kind of player that will be there in the fifth, maybe the seventh. I, I, I don't know if he'll be, I think he's well known enough that he'll be picked. Uh, but he's got a lot of skill and talent. So, you know, that's a guy where you say, okay, well, there's, there's, there's something there, or you can, you know, that that's an upside pick, or you can go in a completely different direction and say, I would like a brute force defenseman that just hits everything that plays with aggression and that, you know, maybe this is a guy that I don't even know if he's going to get drafted, but I watched him at the under 18 worlds. I have seen him before and I watched him again at the under 18 worlds. And I was just like, every time this guy is on the ice, if you don't have your head up, you are going to get absolutely smoked. And if you do have your head up, you're going to get absolutely smoked because he's just that much bigger and wants to, wants to hit you. And so sometimes guys like that, that show little glimpses of something. It's not just the physical play. I think he's got really good mobility. He moves pucks at an adequate level. He's not a super offensive guy. But when you see a guy that 
I have to be aware of him on the ice or the other team has to be aware that he's on the ice. That says a lot to me. And it, and it's, and to me, he played big minutes there. He was effective. It wasn't, you know, they were clean body checks as well. He wasn't head hunting. Um, and he was hitting to dispossess players of the puck, but also hitting, you know, with some intimidation factor behind it. And as we've seen in these playoffs, that still can matter. Um, so that is something that can change the dynamic of a game. And so a guy like that, and that's Ryan Bedahar, who played for uh, the Swift Current Broncos. Did I not say his name until just now? Yeah, that's that what is, I was like. I was is, like, then I was like, I don't know who you're talking about. That I know, but I'm loving it. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. So sorry to Ryan Bedahar, who is is a, a six foot two, two hundred pound defenseman who hits people very hard. But that's another guy yeah. where it's like I wouldn't touch him until the fifth, sixth, or seventh round at the early. You know, like the seventh round is probably where I would put a player like him because there isn't, there's limited offensive upside, but it's like, but I see something. And, and those are the guys that you think about. And organizationally, I mean, you know, we were look, looking at the, 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 you know, the, the Stockton, he just went on a, a very nice playoff run that just ended earlier this week. Uh, if you look at the, the guys they have in that system, I mean, the flames have Connor Mackey, who's probably graduating the NHL very soon. They have Yusuf Alamaki who, goodness knows what happens with him. But beyond those two guys, they have, you know, Kuznetsov and Poirier who are, in they're developing and then the bench gets pretty clear after that. I mean, maybe Jake Boltman. So I, I could see easily the flames seeing, you know, they, they tend to like a lot of teams do uh, the way it was described to me by, by some of the flame scouts, they, they draft like they're inviting people to a party and they try to have a bunch of different types of players in their system at any given time, because you don't know what you're going to need. And you don't really know how the game's going to develop or how the, how those games are going to change from year to year. So you don't want to have to stock up on a bunch of one thing and then have to pivot. So that's, uh, that's a lot of, a lot of food for thought, Chris, uh, Shane, do you have any, any other questions for, uh, for our guests? Uh, who are we, we don't, we not really haven't talked about top end of the draft because the Calgary obviously doesn't have any picks, but just, uh, your personal in the top 20, Chris, just, just for your own sake, who in there do you absolutely think, uh, someone could get away with and just run away with them? Like just be absolutely ecstatic that they get them a little lower. Maybe like, I'm not talking one, two, maybe, maybe in the 10 to 10, 25 range, who, who there do you think in your own, own mind is just someone that could run away and turn into someone really good. I, I think that the guy who has the biggest star potential outside of the first three guys that, you know, the, the Cooley, Wright, Slavkovsky group is Frank Nazar from the national team development program. Um, he is smaller. He's five foot 10. He is a center. He is blazing fast. I mean, sneaky fast. And it's just, you know, he, he's got some explosiveness to him. Um, he plays really smart hockey. He's got a good release. You know, he just, he, he plays hard. He's defensively responsible. I mean, there's a lot to like about him um, and about his, uh, you know, just, just his entire package of skills. The only thing that you really wouldn't like about him is the size, you know, and that I think that's why he could slip. You know, I have him seventh on my, on my board. Um, I think that's aggressive. Uh, it's just speaks to how much I like the player. I think there's a good chance that he's going to be available in that 10 to 15 to 10 to 20 range. And I think whoever gets him in that range is going to, like you said, be ecstatic. They're going to say, we have a player that has the potential to be a star in this league if everything goes right if we stay on his development um he's currently committed to the university of michigan 
Um, you know, so they've obviously had a lot of success with a lot of top end players. He's the guy that really, I think, intrigues me the most outside of that top three. Um, and, you know, I think the same, you could say the same things about, um, you know, Denton Matejchuk as well as a guy that I think is lower on some boards that I think has a chance to be a pretty special defenseman. Um, and it wouldn't shock me if we look back someday and say, oh, wow, what, how did this guy go after Juracek and Nemec and all that? And it's, I mean, I think at this point, there's no question in my mind that, that Nemec and Juracek are the, the best two defensemen in this draft coming into this. But I mean, I could absolutely see a couple guys having their development take off and, and overtake them. Um, so yeah, but, but Nazar is going to be the pick uh, to, for, for the guy that really, I think, has that boom potential outside of the, the top picks. Awesome. Thanks, man. I think that's all we got for you, man. Uh, let's let's get some plugs in. Uh, Chris Peters, uh, if anyone hasn't been following him, follow him on Twitter at Chris M. Peters. Uh, he obviously very plugged in. Uh, I've, I've followed his work since the United States of Hockey days back in the day. <laughs> and uh, we're still pestering with questions all these many years after. Uh, he's uh, he's a big part of our, our team over at Daily Faceoff. So follow his, dra- follow his draft and prospect analysis right now and throughout the year at dailyfaceoff.com. He also has a sub stack where I believe he still does his podcast at Hockey Sense. Uh, it's a good podcast. It's a, uh, you know, Chris, Chris is just quality content the whole year round. And of course, after Chris goes into a hole and has a nap for two weeks uh, after, uh, after the draft, then he'll have to wake up and do a lot more work because then there's the U18s and there's the world juniors yep. in August. And then yeah, before you know it, uh, you know, European and college hockey gets going. So I hope uh, Chris, for your sake, I hope you get a chance to, uh, to take a, a break and recharge because uh, we work you, we work you to death. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna take one va- I'm gonna take a family vacation, um, in late July, and then I'm going to come back, and it is gonna be Halinka Gretzky Cup time. So it's like, what? I mean, what is summer in the prospect world? It's, it's, it's. It, I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it. You want so. the draft to go back to mid June? <laughs> yeah, it, I cannot <laughs> wait for it to go back to mid June, and I cannot wait for the World Juniors to not be in August ever again. So. Yeah, because usually, usually our, our, our friend of the program, Peter Labardius, uh, over at uh, Sportsnet, he's uh, he's he's tied into everything uh, everything that Hockey Canada does. And we were joking uh, at uh, at the Flames uh, uh, decompression day when they they did all their press conferences that you know this is gonna be like the shortest summer ever. So hopefully, everyone, uh, all of our hockey friends, you know, everyone who who uh, wants to learn about the game, we appreciate you and we're glad you're going to have so much content over the next however long. Uh, for everyone else who's making the content, we hope the you're managed to say stay hydrated and sneak in a nap and maybe a vacation. I'm going to Disneyland the week before training camp opens, and then it's basically going to be a sprint from mid September all the way. But that's why we do it. It's fun. It's uh, it beats getting a real job. That is a hundred percent true. <laughs> awesome. So this has been Flames Nation Radio. I'm Ryan. He's Shane. He's Chris Peters. Follow him on Twitter again at Chris M. Peters. Uh, we're delivered to you by DoorDash as always, and by the wonderful folks at Eau Claire Distillery, makers of the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames, Rupert's Whiskey. That'll be that'll be it for this edition. We'll we'll see you guys in a week as we get ever so closer to the NHL draft and the beginning of free agency. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 